Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fat Love Talk. I'm your host, Zach, and here today on the show, we're going to have more of a bite-sized episode. I'd love to kind of give more focus and attention to the new My Hero Academia movie that's out right now for a limited time in the States. Uh, I want to kind of just talk about the movie. I saw it this weekend. It was phenomenal. I'll get more into that. I'm going to have the homie Tyler on to join me, and we're going to have a little discussion about that and anime in general. Um, Maybe get some recommendations. I'm not sure where it's going to go. I'm just going to have a good time with it. So let's go ahead and jump headfirst into this episode. Hope you guys are ready for this one. It's going to be a great anime episode for those of you who enjoy anime. So as I stated in the intro, we're going to spend a good chunk of this talking about anime. So this is your disclaimer. If you have not watched uh, pretty much any of My Hero Academia, this is your, your notice. Go watch that incredible anime. There are three seasons right now that you can watch. And then come back and definitely please come back and listen to this podcast because I'm going to be talking a lot about um, the movie that they released right now, Limited Time. So if you aren't caught up on My Hero Academia or you uh, are kind of like putting it off, this is a great time to jump into it. I say that because season one and two aren't too long and I don't believe three is either. You can kind of go through the first two seasons This movie takes place between Season 2 and 3, so there aren't going to be any Season 3 spoilers if you want to catch this, because it's only in the States for a few more weeks, and then it's just poof, it's it's goodbye. It's not going to be here any longer. That's what I love about these limited time showings, is it gives fans a chance to kind of like go in there, and I'm going to be talking more about that um, here in a second, but first... Uh, now that I've gotten my ramble of 60 seconds out of the way introducing this, let's go ahead and introduce uh, the homie Tyler. He's joining me today. How's it going? Yeah, what's going on, man? And we're going to be talking about the My Hero Academia. I believe Two Heroes is the name of the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm and excited. I'm, let's just jump into it, okay? I'm not even... Let's just... So, now that the spoilers are out of the way, for anybody who has not seen it, there are going to be spoilers. Um, what did you think? I thought it was phenomenal. I'm a really big anime fan, which is something that we've kind of gone back and forth with over and over again. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of anime movies. Uh, I've seen a couple of them in theaters even. And I said that that one was probably one of the best anime movies that I've ever seen. And I've seen a very large catalog of of shows. Uh, The art direction was really well done. The musical score was excellent. It fit perfectly into that kind of world that a lot of throwback tracks to some of the other moments within seasons one through three of the show. And I think that overall the, uh, the voice cast, which we did see the movie dubbed, uh, they did an excellent job as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, ordinarily I see the, uh, the anime in subtitles. So I am going to be rewatching the movie again, uh, in the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably have more to say about that. Um, I'm hoping the Blu-ray has like, more special features and the option for yeah all kinds of stuff yeah i would imagine so a lot of those dvds they usually have like behind the scenes stuff with some of the voice actors yeah. storyboard stuff commentaries and that kind et of thing. uh but yeah overall i thought it was a really good movie i liked the premise of it and i think that they fit it in between kind of the events of the show uh and on the main timeline quote unquote uh very well 
And uh, there you have it. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I do want to say that I have seen a couple of animated movies in theaters, that being My Hero Academia, <laughs> and the second one being the uh, the Batman Killing Joke animated movie. I did see that in theaters uh, while it was limited time screening as well. And I'm starting to wonder why I haven't gone to see more limited time screenings because mm-hmm. they are fantastic on the big screen. Oh, yeah. And if uh, this movie is any indication, people go nuts in the theater over it. Oh, man. It was so fun. Like, let's let's actually talk about that. There were some, some interactions in there, mostly by the females in the group, oh, that yeah. were <laughs> so funny. Because, like, when something important happened, and I did mention there will be spoilers. So, like, let's say um, when they introduced Bakugo, you know, when he first showed up, and everybody in the group was like, ah! Oh, for sure. And, like, the the moment where you first see him in his nice dress clothes going to the party, all of the girls were going crazy. Like, oh, my God. It's a Bakugo. You know, it, that was a pretty fun moment. And then just some of the big, big heroic moments, like All Might crashing into the scene to defeat the villains. Oh, my God. So many moments with All Might were just so funny. Oh, yeah. Everyone was cheering and clapping and yelling how excited they were. It, it was a good time. It really was. Like, I'm, I'm going to watch the movie again on my own time so I can really kind of dissect the different scenes and things like that. And so I can really listen to the dialogue better. Uh, but I do like going to those big, you know, in-person showings of stuff. Absolutely. Mostly for the, the crowd reaction to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Like it's a lot of fun. I usually watch anime by myself, right? So when I'm watching an anime, um, whether it be a movie or a show, I'm usually by myself. I watch it dubbed. And I'm usually multitasking, so I'm not like a hundred percent. I'm like ninety percent into the show, unless it's something I'm like super into at the time. Like I don't know, I was big into Death Note or Code Geass or whatever. Those are a couple of highlight animes I like. Um, but like for the most part, if I'm watching something new, like when I was watching Blue Exorcist, for instance, for instance, um, I the beginning couple episodes, I was like, okay, it's kind of going to pick up, right? By the end, I was my phone was down. I was watching that anime, man. I was into it. It was really good. I really liked that one. Um, but like with with the movie uh, for My Hero Academia, yeah, it was I was all in, and it was fun to hear the crowd react to it and stuff. And I do want to do that more often. I'd love to go to screenings like that. Oh, for sure. And talking about being invested, in it, you know, the the writers, I have to give a big shout out to them. Uh, the people who put together uh, My Hero Academia, or Boku no Hero, the manga, the anime, and now the movie, they do an excellent job of writing their characters, all the different superhero tropes that they try to include, kind of putting their own twist on new things, and just the interactions between the characters, I think, are, are phenomenally well done. They're, the characters yes. are relatable, they're fun to watch, you, know, you want to root for them whenever they're doing good. You want to help pick them up when they're doing bad. It's it's very well done. So I think that added a lot to the the in person experience. Everyone was cheering right along with the heroes, trying to get them to to win the day. Especially with the writing of the new characters that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. um, because if if I'm I don't haven't seen season three yet, but um, the scientist and his daughter aren't in season three, right? Correct. Uh, I won't dive into the characters and things that are introduced in season three. One, so I don't spoil you, and so I don't spoil anyone that's behind. Uh, but that's correct. Uh, the doctor uh, and his daughter as well, they are not in season three outside of one very brief, very brief moment. There's an episode where they kind of did like a promotional teaser for the movie. Uh, you see All Might walking into 
uh, kind of like a teacher's lounge with some of the other heroes. And there's like a documentary coming up on the TV screen uh, showing him and uh, when he was in his younger days fighting villains and things like that. And they kind of hint at the movie. So that was actually a really creative way to give a little extra promotion for it. Right. Um, but yeah, those characters are new to the movie. Uh, they are canon in the series. So there is always the possibility of those characters coming up down the road. Um, but as of this point, no, they are they are new. And what is the, the scientist's daughter? What was her name again? Because I forget oh, exactly. I'm terrible at names on both shows and that in real life. That is a good question. I actually don't remember Okay, either. I didn't know if you knew. Anyway, she was like one of my favorite characters. of this. Like She was really nice. And I liked her interaction with um, Deku a lot, or Midoriya, whichever you prefer to call him, um, in the show. It was really, really um, interesting to see how the kind of like the <laughs> the crowd reacted to her introduction. And like when Midoriya first met her, he was like, she's so close to me. <laughs> it, was oh, yeah. so, it was so funny. I'm sorry. It was. It was so funny, and it was really great. And then her whole thing is like, um, and again, this is spoilers, so please, please go watch the movie if you haven't, or this is going to be ruined for you. She is, um, she was quirkless, right? Mm -hmm. So I love how her passion for helping others, even though she can't do it as a hero, translates to, well, there are still, like, you can still be a scientist or smart in the society and not have a quirk, so she's going to follow her father, and, um be a scientist and she gave um it's funny because you said that he wasn't going to have this at the end of the movie because it wasn't in season three she gave him this like wrist thing that uh was like a what are they called for heroes like a assist like a, a, support, a support item a support item thank you um and it pretty much made it to where he can go full power because he uses like five percent most of the season you know or whatever mm -hmm. and this allows him to use full power without hurting himself physically um, which we saw in the first season with like a lot of his fingers. He does like one finger, two finger things. Yeah, or, breaking himself. Or whatever. And he has that like tear on his hand now. Um, that was from, I believe, season two. Mm -hmm. And um, this, he didn't have any problem. But then, of course, that final boss fight. when oh, it was, Man, I'm going to get to that, but it was super badass. And um, it like just shredded. It was like, nope. Oh, absolutely. And like, I, I think that really lends a lot to her character, which I do remember her name now. It's Melissa. Um, Melissa, she, thank you. Yeah, she really has a good eye for detail because just from the little bit of interaction she got with Midoriya at the beginning, uh, watching him use his quirk for the first time, she could tell that he was holding back his power. Which is super cool. And she could tell from the scars on his hand that he's had some issues trying to regulate his abilities up to this point. So for her to take that and then go on to you know, introducing this new support item for him, something that is absolutely crucial to winning the day that's that can't be stressed enough she is absolutely as much a hero in that movie as Midori is um to see that item come into play it was really interesting it shows you kind of more of the the background side of the hero stuff you know everyone talks about comic book heroes and they're all out saving the day and doing all that stuff but it's not too often you see them go into who's making the suits, who's making the tech that helps the heroes do their job. Exactly. And that, that was stressed really heavily in this movie. Uh, I mean, the entire setting, they are on a moving island full of scientists who work on support items for heroes. So it was cool to see her character. And you mentioned, again, of course, about her being quirkless. That's something that Deku could really come to 
kind of understand. Yeah, he could relate to that. Yeah, he could really relate to her on that point. Uh, I could tell that it kind of seemed like he didn't so much feel bad that he has a quirk now, but I could tell that although he could relate to her on, you know, being quirkless at one point, he does feel really bad for her. He can understand her feelings. And he kind of seemed to feel bad that, you know, he, he doesn't have to worry about not being quirkless anymore. Whereas he sees, you know, this woman who is a little bit older than him, who has had to live without having a quirk and has no possibility of ever getting one. You know, that's kind of a, a powerful thing to me. I really like the dynamic of their character. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, with all of our students still being teenagers, you do get the, the funny little you know, romance embarrassment stuff. Like he was the quips. <laughs> yeah. All the, all the quips. So you got some, uh, some Ochako jealousy oh my God. in there when she was introduced. And then you had him getting really nervous around Melissa, which was kind of, kind of nice. I like that a lot. The little lighthearted fluffy bits that come in to play. That's what makes action. me love the show so much is that it is a show about a society where 80% of the world is got an ability of some kind, but it's also about like, they're still humans, you know, on just a different earth than we are. And they still have these same feelings of like embarrassment and lightheartedness and whatnot. I love that. Oh, for sure. I really like the, the humanizing element that they add into the writing. I think it really lends a lot to being able to relate to these characters. And I'll, I'll say it's not even just the children. Uh, there are moments through season three with all might, which again, I won't go into details and spoil, mm-hmm. but there are moments where he really shows his human side where he isn't, just this overpowering symbol of peace that he's a real person who has real issues and real concerns and doubts and things like that. And I think that really lends a lot to the story. I can, I can definitely agree with that. Um, I did want to like talk about the scene where they were kind of trapped in the uh, event. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we mentioned um, that they, the fans, the girls freaked out when they saw Bakugo in his, in his nice outfit but we didn't really talk about the event itself and kind of what the, the overarching plot is of the movie. Um, it's kind of sad, just taking a quick side note here, that Melissa and uh, Deku don't communicate as like pen pals or whatever through mm-hmm. season three. Because I was hoping that you would say that they kept in contact and talked, but now this movie explains who she is more. Mm-hmm. But it's sad because if she made him that piece of tech, and they got along so well, why would they just not keep in touch? Well, and I believe that is going to be kind of more of a, a later series kind of tie I'm in. hoping so. They actually uh, tie that in. As far as what's going on in season three, uh, it's really more just them training to get their quirks better, you know, getting stronger, being able to use them longer, things like that. Uh, they're definitely still in the early fledgling stages of their development as heroes. I feel like once Midoriya has gotten a little bit older, maybe once he's gotten out of high school, going into university or anything like that, he may end up doing what All Might did, where he went uh, as a student to another place. So maybe at that point he may reconnect with her, and she could be the one who helps to give him support items right along with uh, uh, Hatsume. So was All Might the equivalent of studying abroad when he was in California? Essentially, at the start of the movie, um, from from what the way that they presented it, essentially that's what the case was. It looked like, based on his age and everything that I gathered from it, he looked like he was probably between 
maybe late teens, 18, 19, into his early 20s. So he was probably a graduate of UA and most likely doing some kind of uh, extracurricular learning as part of his kind of internship as a hero. He already had his license to where he could act as a hero when anything came about, but he wasn't fully the symbol of peace that we know him to be when Midoriya was introduced to him. So I, th- I think that's mostly what the case was. Yeah, I really hope they reconnect, because I really like Melissa's character. And I realize that there's a plot in season three I don't know about yet, but uh, he's probably busy like just getting better at what he does, mm-hmm. obviously to point. And she's doing the same thing, and life is busy. So I'm assuming that that's probably just the case here. And hopefully they reintroduce her down the road, now that the movies come out. Because anybody who watches season one or two, or even has seen three, probably is like, well, I've seen the movie too. Why wouldn't they see the movie, right, if they're a fan? Oh, for sure. And I will say this much. Um, at the end of this segment, I will give you a rating and a review of it fully. Uh, well, we're reviewing it now, but I'll give you a rating. You know what I mean? Of course. <laughs> but... Uh, I do want to, uh, let's transition over to the next part where, um, they were trapped. Like I was saying, mm-hmm. um, now that was that yeah, whole sidetrack, yeah. you know, whatever. It's all about the movie. So it's, hey, it's just like a, a roundhouse discussion. Yeah. Even if you take a side path, you're eventually going to make it back on. It's track. all anime. Okay. So. It's all anime. And at the end, we will show you a 10 list recommendation. I'm just <laughs> anyway, we'll 10 lists. um, so they're at the party. So basically the overarching plot, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is that they go to the island. Deku's basically, he's on summer break, right, mm-hmm. essentially. Correct. And All Might gives him an invite to come with him to this convention where all these scientists are and they're showing off the latest in technology. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, it's like a tech expo, essentially. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it's open to the public, but like day one is like exclusive to you know pass holders and like big wigs, essentially. Essentially, yeah. You have all and, the heroes coming in. They're the ones who are the most interested in the tech, of course, because that's stuff that they could be using in the future. To help as, others. Yeah, exactly. As well as, like, investors and, like, people like that are probably the ones who come in the first day. Exactly. And so you see Deku come in there, and then the way that the rest of the show gets introduced with the original characters, or some of the original characters from the season, or the show, is that, like, um, what's the chick who can material stuff? Uh, Momo. Well, okay, her father is a shareholder, and he gave her an invite, and then she got two plus ones, so she took plus one some people, and then a few other characters were like, well, we wanted to work this summer, so we wanted to work here to get over here, and yeah. then so on and so forth. They're, they were really clever with that. I won't give away all of what those were, but it was really cool how they, they found clever ways to bring them all there, because this could very much have been just an All Might and Deku movie. Oh, for sure. I love the way that they did introduce some of the characters. Uh, again, like you said, I'm not going to go into the little details, but some of the characters were central to the main plot of the movie. They had a very heavy hand in assisting things to move along. And then some of the other students, they were kind of doing their own thing at the time. They were just kind of watching everything from the foreground. So it, it was interesting, for sure. I'm glad that they included all those characters. It yeah, a little, definitely. A little bit of humor added in there. And... Uh, it kind of, you know, told us what they were doing in between there because this movie takes place at the very start of their summer break. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember or not, but from the end of season two, they talk about how they're going to go to their training camp. Yeah. So this is kind of them just kicking off the start of their summer before they go to their training camp in the woods to uh, continue with their training. So. Oh, yeah. What a great story they're going to have for training camp. <laughs> oh, exactly. 
and, and forgive us if we forget anything. This is a limited time screening, so we've only seen it once because I don't want to pay $11 for a ticket every weekend to see this when I know it's going to come out on Blu-ray at some point. Which so we I, will definitely get. Oh, 100%. We're going to rewatch it, and we might even revisit this on the podcast um, at some point. But uh, if we do forget any details or we're blanking on a few things just because we've only seen it the one time, um, and we wanted to give a just kind of gush about how good it was because oh, it was I'm a huge fan. I love it. And our ratings are, are definitely up there, you oh, know. Yeah. So, um, when Deku gets there and all the characters are introduced, basically to continue on the plot explanation that I've been trying to do, um, we realize there's, like, some underlying evilness going on. Like, there's going to be something bad that happens, teases it a little bit. And eventually we find out that during this first night event, um, the security attacked for the whole island. Remember, it's a floating island with a bunch of scientists and stuff on it. And they're trying to, I don't know, steal something, I guess. It's we didn't really know at first what they were trying to do. They kind of made you wait until towards the end of the movie to figure it out. But it was really well done, the way they did it, because I was, it caught me off guard. I was totally in shock. Oh, for sure. Um, and one little tidbit with the security bit, too. They stated early on in the show that the floating island, because they need to protect all of the research that the scientists are doing, it has security systems set up that are on par with those of Tartarus, which is a supermax prison that they've created for supervillains. So for such a high-level security system to be hacked, it was really cool to see how they kind of navigated around that and how different things were affected. It makes you wonder if, uh, by mentioning Tartarus, um, if maybe there's going to be a hack in the tar- actual Tartarus in the future and like some super big bads are going to get out. That's a possibility. I mean... Again, this kind of leads into some stuff that's happening currently in the show. Or, well, what happened at the end of uh, about midway through season three. But I, I think that's a definite possibility. They've shown that that level of security can be subverted by evildoers. So there's a very high possibility that that's where some of our future villains for the kids are going to come from. Uh, that's so exciting. Like, just to think about it. I know I keep going off track here, but, like, I just can't get over There's too uh, much. There's too much. There really is. There's a lot to talk about. If we wanted to talk about season one and two leading up into this movie, we would be, be here long. all day. I mean, we've already been here 20 minutes. <laughs> we would be here all day. It'd be crazy. But uh, basically, to make a, a super long story shorter, um, the villainous people go, oh, we're going to subdue you. And they subdue the heroes in the party and the people. They take that main scientist guy who's Melissa's father, and they're pretty much going to use him to... Uh, unlock uh, some stuff they're going to steal. And uh, Deku being who he is, and him being with his group of pals, uh, they decide, well, we're going to, you know, stop them. But there's an important discussion where, like, we're not allowed to use our abilities on, like, real evil people because we don't have our um, hero permit or whatever yeah, they're, it's they're called. Licensed. Their license, right. Um, so after they get over that, they're like, nah, we're, we're going to kick some butt and make some awesome action scenes happen. <laughs> they end up doing just that. And it's super cool because, um, uh, what's the, uh, the kid with the legs, um, Ida, Ida. man, why do I keep forgetting people's names? Um, Ida <laughs> a lot of them. was super funny in this show. Like he's oh, not he normally like super, super funny. But, dude, they did a good job of making him hilarious. I will say that uh, he does have quite a few funny moments in season three. Does he? Yeah, he really it's does. It's just because he's so strict. And he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it he, my he, way. Yeah, he opens up quite a bit through as the series goes on. All the students do, really. You learn a lot more about them as it goes on. 
and I, I do love his interactions with all the characters. He's he's very uptight, but his you know just his mannerisms are very entertaining. He's very much a leader with a heart, and he knows that some people just can't be persuaded, like Bakugo, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even when like Aida was talking to Bakugo at one point in the movie when like. Um, Deku and Melissa were getting lifted into the air. Um, then they had to re move the fan movement. Uh, he was like, "Don't you tell me what to do?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he did it, of course. But he uses flames to like redirect the wind, and it was it was super cool and really dope. And then uh, there was some awesome fighting that happened afterwards with some robots and some people. And then bang, bang, we get to the rooftop. Yeah, uh, we got Deku dodging those bullets, dude. Like it, a G. it was so cool, <laughs> and I like the fact that he like. Wants to be all like Billy badass and tough, mm-hmm. but like he kind of you can see likes those people enough where like I guess I'll do it to help out, yeah, because like I don't want you to die, but mm-hmm. Deku's still a nerd, exactly. <laughs> like, I gotta make fun of Deku, but I'm gonna be exactly. <laughs> and then it's like not part of the movie, but like season what was it one or two, I think. Uh, Deku was like, nah, screw you, my hero name is Deku, so I'm gonna shove it in the face of you. Yeah, that was uh, season one. That was the yeah. first time that they fought during their training exercise. And then Bakugo got mad. He was like, what are you doing making that your hero name? Because mm-hmm. he thought it was an insult, but he took the insult and flipped it on his head. Exactly, which is what you should always do in life. Words of wisdom. Exactly. Take this and heed the words. Exactly. But, Don't let nobody call you nothing. But yeah, the, the final action scenes were incredibly well done. The, all the different colors and the different motions and everything. I really enjoyed that. They did a good job on this movie. Like, yeah, for real. Absolutely. And just kind of the, the little moments that you have between Midoriya and All Might, that just kind of lends more insight into the kind of relationship that they have. You know, at the very beginning when they're arriving, Midoriya makes a mention that, you know, he was excited to be invited with All Might to go to the expo, but ordinarily, you know, superheroes may only bring, like, their family to things like this. And All Might stated that, they have a connection that's yeah, even closer much bo- than blood yeah, because they're bonded. they're bonded by their power. And I, I really like that. I definitely see All Might as a kind of a father figure for Midoriya since his father hasn't been introduced in any way, mm. which we all have theories about that. Not going to go into that. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed that. I think that there, there are moments in the ending act when they were dealing with the crisis together. That was a really powerful moment for me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And... Uh- the moment at the end, like, I'm not going to go full spoiler, but I am going to spoil some stuff. So definitely, if you have not seen the movie, why are you still listening to this? Go watch the movie. Exactly. But uh, at the end of the movie, when um, there was some fighting going on and the big get bad, the whole plot gets revealed. Uh, Melissa's dad kind of was like, I'm going to steal this uh, tech back that I made that the, the whole country and world didn't want me to have because it may have been too powerful. And, and in all honesty, it ended up being like the big, bad, you know, villainous plot at the end. But uh, it pretty much enhances any quirk, like, a lot. It'll, like, really enhance your quirk. He had made it because the professor and All Might are, are like, longtime friends. It explains that at the beginning of the, sh- of the movie. They're longtime friends. And uh, he'd be, he was aware of All Might and his, like, weak form, essentially. Mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, the whole thing with that was that he was aware that All Might, his power, his quirk was deteriorating to a point where he wasn't going to be able to become the symbol of peace anymore. Right. This, knowing full well, you know, he was displaced from the whole power, the way that it works. He didn't understand that 
All Might had passed that on to Midoriya. So to him, he thought that All Might was just getting sick, you know, could potentially even die. So he had very strong motivations to do what he did because he thought what he was doing was right. Right. He wanted to make that tech for All Might so that the all, so the all for one could could still be used as to save people, to be a symbol for the world. One for all. My bad. Um, but essentially so that he could keep being who he is as a hero. Exactly. His, his light to keep shining. Exactly. And, and Melissa kind of took that the wrong way at first. She's like, oh no, what have you done? Because they know Deku Which, and Melissa walk in the room as he's getting it, and it's like, oh no. Of, of course. Understandably so. I mean, I... I don't think that he was in the right. He his heart was in the right place, but he still should not have gone that route. Right. He tainted his like good image basically but by ultimately things did get turned around and he did see the error. And his, what, well, yeah. Days. I mean, speaking of that, the the big boss fight at the end, the the tech he made it broke, like it's no more. Um so he did learn his error in his ways and he basically is not going to reinvent that technology as far as we know um but that final boss fight while we're talking about it oh, whole incredible like i'm just gonna say holy shit like that was really really good that fighting sequence was amazing and there's a moment near the end of season three which again i won't spoil but i could tell that the same people who worked on the action sequence for the movie they worked on that as well or at the very least they took inspiration from it because it was just very crisp very exciting, very vibrant. It, it really sucked you into the moment. I was like cheering in my seat, like "Let's go, let's go!" I was hyped from that from the moment Deku and Melissa. Well, Melissa wasn't really there at the time, but from the moment Deku like went to the roof to try and save the doctor, because uh, the ev- the real evil guy whose name escapes me, uh, I don't remember actually don't believe his name was ever stated. Was it? Okay, I don't, I don't believe. So it was. the big evil dude, uh, we're gonna call him Big Evil Dude. Uh, on the roof, he's like, we might have a use for you still, so he tries to steal the the, the doctor, professor guy, uh, scientist man, uh, Melissa's father, I don't know why I keep saying different David. adjectives for him. David. David? <laughs> David. Is his name David? David Shields. This whole time I've been saying scientist, <laughs> doctor man. I, I've just been letting you do it because it's entertaining. <laughs> oh, well thank you for letting me ramble on with the wrong terminology for so long. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> well, now that you guys are thoroughly confused, David, if we're going to add one more name to the mix... <laughs> There's a lot of them in there, man. There's Melissa's father, David, <laughs> um, was being like taken by evil dude man on the roof, um, and they were gonna hop in a helicopter and like Audi five thousand that place peace before the security systems come back on. And Deku was like, I don't think so. Like he was already beat down pretty bad, but he lifted himself up and he's like, Nah, I'm a hero. And I'm like, Yeah, you are. And so he like. Did just like super all might looking like jump thing and was like bam and he went to the roof. Which I'll say that's got to be the most action Deku's ever really dived into. Dude, up, yeah, up to season two, dodging bullets, knocking out foes, dodging bullets like a G, kicking people in the face down some stairs. Then he jumped and grabbed onto a helicopter in the sky. It, Tries he, to he was save <laughs> David, Melissa's oh, yeah. father, David. Like, uh. I don't know. So something kicked him in the ass, and he was in gear. Oh, he was. It was. He was really wanting to save somebody. Exactly. He has the heart of a hero. He does. He does. And uh, evil dude man in the helicopter was like, "Nah, I got a gun, so like you're gonna die." And so he had to let go of the helicopter. He's falling. He's like, "No, what do I do?" And like, bam! Big crater in the roof. Oh my! <laughs> and then 
All Might shows up, and All Might always shows up in, like, the best way possible. Oh, like He has the best entrance ever. <laughs> even if the show is super serious, he'll make it a little more lighthearted in the fun. moment. A little fun. <laughs> it's, Making his funny it. poses. I am here. <laughs> Wasn't well, this one pose? I, I wish I could show you this pose. But basically, his hands were on his hips. He was, like, floating through the air. It was... it, he was. Like, Deku had this all serious <laughs> look. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to jump and punch it. And then All Might's just like, da, 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 doing like the classic Superman pose, uh, pose with his fist okay. on his waist. Picture Captain Underpants doing his like Captain pose, but like super buff Japanese man with like super cool blonde hair. All right. Like that's wild. what it was. Okay. It was pretty wild. It was dope. And the thing I really loved was like from the moment Deku reached the roof, like I mentioned, and it was like, I want to save uh, Melissa's father, David. Um, the whole, I was, like, hooked. I was, like, eyes on screen, edge of my seat, like, this is going to be, like, a, an epic finale-type fight scene, right? Oh, the whole sequence was just phenomenal. It went beyond that. Not only did that technology that David made enhance your quirk ability, it enhances your physical ability. And, like, dude was, like, his shirt ripped, and he was, like, some sort of, like, super, like, cross between the Hulk and Magneto. <laughs> Like, crazy. Yeah, which they did make a reference to some stuff in Season 3 at that specific point. Uh, again, won't go into what it is, but there was a little bit more to what was going on there than they let on. Right. And uh, I didn't mention this before, but Evil Dude Man, who I've been talking about, his quirk is that he can manipulate uh, metal. Um, which is a pretty strong quirk. Which is why I said, like, a Hulk slash Magneto. Like, in, in, like, you know, future, like, in our current setting, where we have all the different big cities and things like that. A quirk that can move and bend metal is really, really strong. Especially if it's as powerful as he was. Exactly. And then to have that enhancement on top of that, he was a very strong, strong movie villain. I really liked that. I loved it. Uh, the fight scene itself was, was dope. And then they did this like really cool. I love a poster of this, by the way, where like Deku and All Might were like doing this double like, ultra smash. They're like, plus ultra. They're like coming like, up on them. It, it reminded me, Hardcore. I'm I'm a big Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z fan, and there is a moment in Dragon Ball Z where Gohan and Goku have a father son Kamehameha wave move together, and that scene reminded me exactly of that. Like hardcore, the the older you know more experienced veteran fighter and the young upstart fighting together to eliminate the big evil. It, it was really, really cool. It was beautiful, honestly. And, I, and like you said, I would love to have a poster of the two of them, like, fighting together. I, I need to find it. If it, you know, if you guys know anywhere I could find that poster, you let us know. I'll take a poster, a, a GIF on my phone. I'll take a, a screen capture, any any form. I'll take a, like, a statue. I need Hopefully something. not too expensive. But yeah, I'll take a statue. I'll take it. Anything. <laughs> I, I was just, I love My Hero Academia, and this movie was phenomenal, and the ending was really nice because, like, David didn't end up dying. He got shot twice, I think, and uh, he was, like, nice. trapped by that evil dude man who had metal abilities. Like, he didn't end up dying, which is great because Melissa would have been like, oh, but it was awesome. It was awesome, and I love that, though Melissa was at first, like, uh, it was embarrassing to Deku, like, oh, she's so close to me. Like, at the end of the movie, they were, like, pals, you know? Like, they were great. And one thing about My Hero Academia that I really love is that, like, most animes, like, over-sexualize a lot of stuff. And this show, uh, it doesn't really do that too much. Yes, there are, like, some, some bustier characters 
or whatnot. And they do have that in the show. There's a couple characters who are like get nosebleeds from like all the pretty girls and stuff or whatnot, which, you know, like me personally, I don't really mind that stuff too much just because I've kind of come to expect it. Oh, right. Exactly. Especially from anime, you know, and like, like we talked about earlier, you know, not, not to go like all femme bro on you, but I really (laughs) love how my hero academia handles their female characters. Oh yeah. I, I I think they write them very, they're, they're very empowered characters. You know, they, they don't need to Every be single saved one. by yeah. the male characters in the class. They're very strong. They're very smart. They figure out their own stuff. You know, they help to motivate some of the men in the class. They, they do an excellent job. I really, really The writing it. is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. All of them. In the movie, in the show, in, in all of its mediums. Like, it's just great. For sure. I, I really enjoy all the characters that are in the ensemble. So, overarching... Um, I, w- I want to get your review first, and then I'll get mine. But because um, you said you had like you were like, oh, and you're the big you're the big anime guy, so you've seen it like like thrice more anime than me, like ten times more anime than me. So I need to watch a lot more anime, catch up more on that that medium. But you've seen a ton of animes, and you said you've seen more anime movies in theaters than me, or anime movies in general mm-hmm. um, from the shows. So what would be your like out of ten review for this one, as far as rating goes? As far as my rating, I would say it, it's it's very it, it really depends on where I'm giving the critiques and where I'm judging things. There are some things I would have changed about yeah, the movie, absolutely. But it's got to be a solid nine and a half, at least. It's it's pretty high up there. I'd say out of all the different movies that I've seen, anime related, you know, all the different shows that I've watched all the different, you know, one-shots in the manga and everything, it's got to be in the top five. Easily. Easily. And as far as, you know, a lot of the new anime that have come out, I will admit that some of it is a little bit lower in quality than older anime that I used to watch when I was a kid. But My Hero Academia has completely flipped that for me. It is one of the greatest, like, shonen-type anime that has come out in a long, long time. It's it's incredible. I can't. I, I would say that I would give it an even higher rating once I've seen more of the story. Like once the manga gets more chapters out, we get farther into the anime, and I get to see the full story as a fully encompassing thing. Then I would be able to give a much better critique of it since I'm gonna be going through and rewatching it multiple times, of course. Uh, but yeah, it, it's high up there. It's nine and a half to a ten. It's it's real real high. Wow, you put it up there with my Spider Man review. Oh yeah, easily, <laughs> easily. Well, you know, and and, and I think that um, I would have to give it probably around the same. I'd probably give it an eight point five or a nine, mm-hmm. just because I haven't seen that many anime things as far as movies go in my life. I've seen, um, uh, like I said, a couple of animated things, but sure. I need to watch more, and I can always change later. We have only seen this one time. So I'm going to watch this a second, a third, a fourth time, you know, down the road when I can figure out when it goes on Blu-ray. So definitely if you are near an AMC that is showing this, um, the tickets for me were like $11, mm-hmm. which I mean, for a movie ticket to see uh, an incredibly like 9.5, 9.0 oh, easily. And, and honestly, if movie. I've seen it a few more times, maybe once or two more times, so I could really dissect some of the scenes a little closer. And if I could watch it in the sub. I, well, I would probably give it a 10 out of 10 across the board. Flat out. I Masterpiece. Part of that 0.5 was honestly some of my gripes with some of the voice acting. I, I re- Before anyone jumps on, on the gun, 
I do enjoy dub of different animes. I do think the My Hero Academia dub is pretty good, but I still think the dub is better. And that's what I primarily you sub. Yeah, I primarily you watch it. No, I'm saying that the. Well, you know what I mean. The well, uh, I get what you're saying. I'm the opposite. I prefer to watch shows in dub. Like the reason why I haven't watched season three of My Hero yet is because the the full dub isn't out yet, and I want to watch the full dub of it. And uh, when I watch something subbed, I have to like read all of the subtitles as I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to say that I'm lazy, but I'm kind of just don't want to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's always like I for. Not even just anime, like, I've watched some, like, K-pop, you know, stuff, like, drama stuff. Uh, I've watched, you know, a lot of different, like, Chinese television. Yeah, you said you've watched movies in, like, Uh, other languages. I've I've watched a lot of movies in other languages. Uh, Some Mm. Spanish television, stuff like that. And (laughs) I feel like it's... I I like to watch it with the original language that was created. And that, whatever that medium is, whatever whether it's a movie or anything like that, I prefer to watch it in the language that it was originally written for with subtitles, just because I think that having that kind of close tie in with where the creator is from. So like the creator of My Hero Academia is Japanese. So he would have had a much more heavy handed say in the casting for some of the voice characters uh, through his talks with you know the the agency that's doing the casting and stuff, um, and I feel like a lot of the uh, people who work for the Japanese like publishing companies and stuff, they have a better understanding of where the writers going with those stories. There are some differences between Japanese and American uh, like culture, cultural differences in the ways that they see and think and things like that. Right. I, I think that it's more authentic to see their how they intend it to sound. Uh, whereas, you know, so a creator in America with Funimation, for example, they may take a scene a different way. They may not fully capture the emotion that's intending to be conveyed there. So I prefer to watch it how it's supposed to, you know, how it's originally supposed to be. I can understand say that. I will watch something subbed if, like, I'm, I'm honestly getting to a point where I'm really impatient for season three now because mm-hmm. I've watched the movie. I've seen the first few seasons. I'm really into this show and I like to dive head first into animes and I like watching animes that are fully completed so I can like fully submerge myself in that world. Pull that Netflix binge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or whatever medium I'm watching it on. I just found out uh that um season two of Seven Daily Sins is gonna be coming out in October, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I got really into that one and one season came out, then like some weird half season came out. Yeah, kind of a filler bit. <laughs> and it was it was really nice. I liked more episodes. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, I'm ready for like a full 10, 12, 15 episodes that I took all at once to binge. Oh, for sure. So for My Hero, um, you said season three just ended? Uh, yeah, they just, uh, today, uh, they posted the last episode for season three, uh, as far as I'm to understand it. Uh, they have already been greenlit for season four, which of course. doesn't surprise me at all. As popular as My Hero Academia is, not just in Japan, but in the West, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah it, it's getting way up there. It's just as popular as some of the old shonen were, like, you know, Naruto and stuff like that. So I, I can see My Hero Academia getting a full anime completion run. Yeah, that movie theater, you don't understand. We got there half an hour early, and, like, 85. not even percent, 85% <laughs> of the tickets were already sold. And fi- the seats were filled. Like, we, we were going to sit in, like, the middle kind of 
middle middle of the theater if you know what that means like above the bars but like in the middle of that section um we couldn't even sit in the usual spots we sit in oh, and no way in that last 30 minutes when we were sitting there thank goodness we found some decent seats because even the seats to my my other side were completely filled oh for sure whole yeah. place I, I swear i saw some people standing <laughs> did you really I swear i did that was a full packed theater to see that movie. Damn! And like hearing everybody like cheering and yelling yes. and laughing during the funny moments, like it really hyped up that theater. People were loud, <laughs> which I don't mind. Like I go, I went into this knowing full well that people were going to get excited and yell. Yes. And so there may be some little small elements that I may have missed. That again, when I rewatch it on my own, I'm going to be paying much more close attention. I'm not going to miss anything. So that's, again, where that point five is going to probably come in, where I get the full 10. Right. Um, but, yeah, people, people were excited, and it's a lot of fun being in that kind of atmosphere because in, in our area, uh, we don't really have a huge anime scene, at least as far as what I've seen. We do have conventions and stuff where a lot of people go to. Right. Like it doesn't know. seem like there's a lot of stuff out there. But then you go into something like this, and you're like, I didn't even know there was this many anime fans around. Holy shit. <laughs> right. And I keep missing, like... I missed NakaCon and I missed SawesomeCon both this year. Um, next year. <laughs> and I'm hoping to go, like I said, yeah, next year. And there are other conventions that are around, you know, mm-hmm. in the borders and whatnot. But really, I you do not realize how many people are, like, huge fans until you go to, like, events like that. Like, right. I know in October, um, over in Kansas, there's going to be a, a Japan festival. Every year they have one. It's not so much about anime as much as it is, like, Japan culture, Japanese culture. Um, but there are, like, boots for anime and, you know, of tellers. Course, and it does fill into their culture. Room showings and stuff like that. Because it does, yeah, fit into their culture, exactly. Um, and anime, of course, if you remember, came from the, you know, Japanese first, obviously. Uh, of, of course. And, and the West has adapted it. And that's kind of the big thing, too. People don't understand how big it is in America, unless you live in, like, California, where they have gigantic cons and stuff. Right. Just because, like, it started in Japan, so obviously it's popular there, and you kind of feel a little isolated here, because you kind of just get the things from those small streaming services, or what you find online, or you can get on Amazon. You know, it doesn't feel like there's, like, huge places to go buy manga and anime, so... It doesn't feel like it's that big of a thing, but it right. really is. And, like, you come home from work after a long day, you can flip on your TV, watch Family Guy. But in Japan, you can flip on your TV after a long day and find some anime playing, yeah. like, just on TV. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just the way it is for them, you know? And I, it's funny because I was watching – I started watching My Hero Academia first season, and I was talking to Tyler, and I was like, what are with these weird jump cuts in the middle of segments? And he was like, it's, it's like a TV show over there. Yeah. We're watching the full product at once, but it's like a TV show week by week for them. Mm-hmm. And I never even thought about the fact that those jump cuts are because there's commercial breaks. Yeah, exactly. Like when they have like the little uh, space cards where it's like My Hero Academia and, and it flashes to another one, that's supposed to be like you have that card and then there's commercials and then there's another card to reintroduce the show. So then you're back on track. Dude, 2018, I don't even have cable. I don't even – I forget what commercials are sometimes. Oh, I know. <laughs> I get movies have trailers and you know streaming services have ads, but – I keep forgetting TV has, you know, commercials. For sure. I mean, we get, you know, premium memberships for most all of our TV streaming services, too, so we don't even get ads, really. Look at us spoiled over here in the I, West. I know. Fucking, you know, first world problems. <laughs> exactly. But, but this was just overarching. Like, it was just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I highly recommend um, this show to anybody. If you want to watch My Hero Academia, 
Um, if you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch the first two seasons dubbed or subbed. They have both options on Hulu. And then Verve has, I think, most of the third season. It has all of it, I think. Available, or all of it now? I, I believe they have all but, like, the last two episodes. I think they're right. pre- I think they're following it pretty close. And you can watch those last two subbed if you, like, you can't wait. Yeah. But, but again, I, I mostly watch everything in sub unless, like, I get a really gripping dub, like Dragon Ball Z or, like, Full Metal Alchemist. <coughs> those are two really good examples of dubs done right. I will watch those dub every time. But yeah, this one I, I primarily watch it in sub. So, uh, but they did just finish the third season. They're greenlit for the fourth season, so this is the perfect time. Get yourself caught up through season two if you have the chance. Try to go see the movie in theaters before it's out. I in the think, next couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's the next two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's through uh, October, I think. But then after that point, uh, you'll just have to look for it either through streaming services. I'm sure it may be on there. Um, Which or, is all great and dandy, but let me be honest with you. Um, you may discredit like limited screenings like this, but the full screen experience is what makes it eleven dollars worth it. One, the crowd experience we mentioned, and the fact that it's a it's a theater sized screen. Oh, for sure. And seeing, AMC has great Dolby surround sound. Yeah, seeing seeing those fighting sequences on the big screen was amazing. Like I, I would have loved it watching it on the Blu-ray, which I do intend to buy, but seeing it on the big screen for the first time was. It blew my mind. That's why the ticket is eleven dollars. Yeah. You know, that's why you're paying for a little bit more. It's it's so that you can have the experience for sure. Plus, you consider that if it's only in theaters for a month, they got to try to make money off the, you know, exactly. off the experience of it. So, and I, I would hands down recommend it. When I watched um, the Batman Killing Joke in theaters uh, for the limited screening, I own that one on Blu-ray. Um, after the, uh, it might have been before the movie. They had some bonus features pop up where, like, the voice actor for the for the Joker in that movie mm-hmm. um, talked about his role and, like, did some cool special feature stuff. I was low-key kind of hoping they would have some bonus features after the credits rolled in this one. So, I mean, some shows do that. Some movies, when they show them for limited times, will be like, and stay, stick around for some bonus features. Mm-hmm. And there aren't none as far as I know. I think we left during the credits, actually. Uh, well, we watched the first set of credits, and we saw an after scene. And then we left her in the next set, which would have just blocked it out after, right. I imagine. Um, anime movies specifically, they don't generally have bonus features at their, like, release theatrical That's shows. what I figured. Uh, but as far as, like, the Blu-ray, a lot of times they'll have some content in there, oh, little bits. I'm watching that with every commentary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta hear everything. So, but yeah, it was really cool. I really enjoyed the experience. I think it was a perfect way to spend a weekend afternoon. So, definitely, I would say, the reason why I wanted to make my podcast this week more about just this one thing versus like the numerous topics I bring up normally. I did mention last week I had a life finds a way rant and I was going to like really get into that. Um, I really, really loved this movie walking out of it and it was such a great experience. And um, I know Tyler's very like knowledgeable on animes and stuff and he can like give some good insights. So I was thinking, why don't we just kind of make this, this podcast episode about one topic. So we're not limiting ourselves to like, okay, we can talk about it for 20, 30 minutes, and then we can move towards the next topic. No, I wanted to kind of, like, really gush about it, really go into it, and take the full time that's necessary to kind of talk about it. And anybody who has an interest in anime or has an interest in this show specifically is going to get, like, a a really good amount of content from that because I just, I I love this show, and I didn't want to skip out on the good parts. Like, that awesome, epic fight with Super Bad Guy. At the end of the movie, oh, for sure. 
God, that was so good. I can't stress it enough. Oh, it really was. And just so you guys know, I will be giving Zach here some more recommendations of things to watch. Absolutely. So you'll be able to, in the future, look forward to, to him giving some reviews on some of the things I've introduced him to. I'm going to be going to see the new Dragon Ball Z Broly movie they're coming oh, out with. You can't um, in imagine theaters. my hype. Uh, oh. I've never seen Dragon Ball, but Tyler's like, you got to watch this with me. It's going to be dope. It's going to be limited in screening in theaters. Uh, whenever that does come out, I'm going to talk about that on my podcast that week. So expect an awesome anime podcast coming up in the future. Um, definitely hit that subscribe button if you want to hear that. I can't wait to talk about that. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's gonna be I like Dragon Ball. I've seen a lot of stuff about Dragon Ball memes. That mm-hmm. I've seen somebody abridged, actually. And I haven't watched any. I've seen more abridged than regular stuff, actually. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I know the animation style and stuff about it. So I would go back and watch it eventually. So maybe I'll do that one. Get some little... For sure. Gonna give you some background on some of the stuff. Exactly. I mean, my big hype thing is that the character Broly, just give you like a very brief little bit. Uh, that character was, he has three other movies. Right. Uh, but at that time, none of those were considered canon to the main Dragon Ball story. Uh, he was just a side character that another studio decided that they wanted to put in. So with this new movie, they decided to reinvent the character and actually put him into the real canon. So this is our first real look at Broly, and it kind of makes me think that he's going to be pushed into the Dragon Ball kind of super series as well, and he may actually become a recurring character, which is incredible, because his character by itself is amazing. I love it. I think you're really going to like it. I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm open-minded to a lot of animes, and the ones that you've recommended in the past have just been phenomenal. So, I mean, as far as my trust goes for your recommendations, it's there. So, well, of course, and uh, if anybody wants any more recommendations on your guys' end, you can follow me at RedRiot115 on Twitter. I'll give you all the recommendations. Yeah, hit him up. That's his, that's his uh, tag for Snapchat, uh, Instagram, pretty all much, of it, Twitter. Yeah, pretty much everything. <clears throat> so, he has it easy. I have to give you guys each individual <laughs> <laughs> at this, at that. At this, but at that. he pretty much kept it simple. His YouTube channel, all of it, Red Riot 115 Very simple to unpipe out whatever. Alpha Phenomenon's kind of long. So. A little bit. It's <laughs> cool, though. It's cool, I mean, though. I like it. I mean, Fat Love is shorter, so I use a little bit of both. But... I think I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. Is there anything you want to like, you have to mention this before the end of the podcast about uh, My Hero Academia in general, uh, the movie, or anime as a whole? <clears throat> well, I, I guess as a whole, the only thing that I can really say, another show that I've been watching pretty intensely lately is called Overlord. They are deep into their season three, and it's getting wild. So if you're not caught up on that show, you should check it out. Okay, what's the context of that one? So basically, the context of it, to give you an, a short, brief idea. Uh, you, give me an elevator pitch. The character, uh, uh, Momon, basically what he does is he is really big into like an MMO game. It's one, it's one of those trapped in another world kind of shows. Kind of like Sword Art? Uh, a little bit. But the difference here is that basically he gets online. He's uh, one of the leaders of a guild. And he has been playing constantly over the years. It's pretty much all he spends his time on outside of work. Uh, pretty much everyone else that's in his guild has long since put the game down, moved on with their lives, you know, yada yada. So the servers for this game are about to shut down, so he decides he wants to spend the last day on the server. You know, he wants to stay there until it blacks out before he goes to work the next morning. Well, he signs in, he gets online, he meets with one of his friends, who then hops offline to go to work, and he sits there and ends up falling asleep while he's playing the game. As soon as midnight clocks around and the server shut down, 
he wakes up and he's still there, still playing the game. Comes to realize that he is actually inside of this game, but it's not a game anymore. It's an alternate world that is kind of shaped after the game. He is an undead character, uh, an elder lich uh, skeleton. Uh, he has all of the abilities and gear and things like that that he has within the game, but he has it in real life. Those are his real abilities. So kind of the basic premise of what's going on is he uh, works with these NPCs that have suddenly become real to build up his forces to protect Nazarick, which is his base of operations, basically. And he wants to basically build up his name, which he takes from the guild, to spread it across the world. He wants to dominate the world. So that way, other players that could be trapped in the game too, they may hear his name, know, recognize him as a player, and he can meet up with them and try to find a way out of the world, basically. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's uh, a little bit of a darker anime. There's some grittier moments and violence and things like that. Uh, but but all in all, it's, it's really fun. It's kind of a, a unique twist on the trapped in another world genre. And, and it's called Overlord. Overlord, yes. Uh, that and, actually sounds... You even told me that until right now. I just now discovered this. Yeah, you did. It's, 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 it's actually, pretty cool. It's really cool. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And it's kind of cool to see this character because traditionally in Trapped in Another World type animes, it's supposed to be like, this character is going to be the hero that saves the world and then he gets transported out of the game. But with Overlord, you're definitely not a hero. You are an undead character... And he uses everything at his disposal to get what he wants, whether that's killing people who may not deserve it, innocent people, torturing, uh, using subterfuge and lies to twist things to his advantage, and kind of, you know, being an undead character. As right. his character, when he becomes one, basically all of his emotions are kept in check by what would be kind of the game system, like magic. He doesn't get emotional, and he kind of loses attachment to humans. He doesn't feel that same way because he's not human anymore. Okay. So, it's interesting. So, Spotify has a 60-minute segment uh, limitation there, so I, I cut <laughs> you off there, Tyler. I apologize. Oh, no, you're um, fine. You said Overlord was an anime again, and you said it's fabulous if you want to watch it. Three seasons are out. Oh, absolutely. I, I would say, if you're looking for like a newer show that's been out to watch, Overlord is the one for you. I think it's really entertaining. There's a lot of great voice acting in it. Again, I generally lean towards sub, but there's a good dub out too for it if you're more into that. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. They're about, I think, halfway through the third season right now. So it's a good time to jump on the train. So if you're an anime weenie like me and you don't watch a lot of like animes, like you're not cultured and wise in the anime selection like you are, oh, master of mine, um, <laughs> would you recommend Overlord over other animes that are out there right now? I probably would, just because, again, there is definitely more of a mature content, you know, setting in this kind of an anime. So, if you're not really into violence or, you know, blood, things like that, you might want to steer clear of it. But as far as story writing, voice acting, sound composition, it, it's very high up there as far as what I would give it as a rating. So... If you're wanting to look into something new that's not full of the, you know, the stuff that you talked about with the fan service, and you want something that actually has a cohesive story that's entertaining, uh, that's the one for you. 
Okay, yeah, awesome. And I think I'll, I would love later, at a later time, of course, to have just you back on to talk about, like, other animes you like and, like, give us an elevator pitch of them, synopsis, and, like, a like, description of why you like them. Because, like, I don't watch a lot of animes, and I'm looking to watch more, and I feel like uh, the listeners would love to hear more about this as well, you know? Just to hear anime in general, suggestions, etc., and whatnot. Um, but uh, I do thank you, you know, for being on the show again. You are too kind. Oh, absolutely. And you just let me know when you want to do that segment because I would be more than happy to come on and give recommendations. I, awesome. I can start working on kind of a listing of some of my favorites. I'll try to break it up a little bit to show a few different genres for different people's tastes. Give my, yeah, my rating, yeah, give my rating on it. And then uh, maybe give a little synopsis of what happens in the story. And things Hot like seat that. question. Funniest anime you've watched? That is a really tough question. There's a lot of really funny anime. I will say a funny newer anime that I've watched is uh, Konosuba. We're not going to spell that for you. Have fun searching for it. <laughs> it starts with a K. <laughs> but no, it, it is a very entertaining. That's a, that's another one of those anime that's kind of like it's trapped in another world. But there's a twist on it. So instead of like things going exactly how you think they should for the hero... He comes into it as a gamer who has all these expectations of how the story is supposed to go and how he's supposed to win and get all these powers and cool stuff. And life just kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> and he has to kind of struggle through everything. There's a, okay. lot of, a lot of jokes, a lot of play on words, a lot of, uh, like, you know, adult references. Oh, and of course, like of, of course. course. And uh, uh, Flip Coin, what is the darkest, like, anime you've watched? Like, Gritty. Mm-hmm grittiest anime that again is a tough question i've watched a lot out there um as far as like violence and gore helsing would probably be pretty high up there um my all-time favorite manga ever is berserk uh they heavily censor everything in the anime and in the movies that they released but if you want a gritty dark horror filled manga to read that's very well detailed and drawn. Berserk is the way to go. Okay, see, this man is cultured. I wanted to prove that. It's, it, you watch a lot of anime. I do, and I read a lot of manga, too, so I've got recommendations out the wazoo. And uh, remind everybody of your social media handle so that they can reach out to you if they would like. Well, if you want to find me on social media, everything from Snapchat to Twitter, YouTube, and all of the above, it is going to be Red Riot. 115. R-E-D-R-I-O-T 115. Very simple, very easy, and for the complicated person across the seat from you, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's going to be at the Paper Penguin. Uh, YouTube is going to be Alpha Phenomenon Gaming. Snapchat is all one word, all lowercase, Fat Love, P-H-A-T-L-O-V-E. And of course, you're listening to Fat Love Talk, my weekly podcast on the Anchor app. If you do listen on the Anchor app, go ahead and slap that applause button right now. Come on, give me some love. Uh, send me a voice message. Say howdy, hello. Um, go ahead and send me a Twitter message if you want to send me something. Uh, I'll answer some questions for you in a future segment. If you have any questions for me, I'd love to do a mailbag segment at some point. Um, and without further ado, thank you again for joining me on this week's episode. Absolutely. And uh, this has been the fantastic new week's episode of Fat Love Talk. And enjoy your week, and I will see you next time.